the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty. You know, Squirrel, when you uh, fund corruption, all kinds of skullduggery takes place. Did you know we're not just missing $400 million that uh, traces right back to the pockets of Zelensky? Or another God knows how many hundreds of millions to his upper echelon. We're missing a bunch of weapons. No, the actual weapons. But we didn't really give them. Turns out there's a little trick afoot called the Lend-Lease system. Oh, it was first implemented in World War II. And it took um, Great Britain till 2006 to pay us off. So there's a lot of financial scandal afoot. And that's what happens when Democrats are in charge of anything. And they have this wonderful little trick. They can hide behind victimization. They're, they're the victims. They're the perpetual victim, even though they're the perpetrator. And there's all ways to hide behind it. You hate uh, brown people. You hate black people. You hate yellow people. You hate red people. You hate everybody. Turns out, I hate communism. I hate Marxism. I hate fraud. Tell you a little story, Squirrel. I'm in the uh, real estate business. It's my real job. Real estate business. And it's a funny thing in the real estate business. Um, there's a lot of little hanger-ons. You know what a hanger-on is, Squirrel? These are roaches. And they try and sell security when you sell houses. And they call you up after you sell a house. And they say, hey, you just had a closing at yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, do, you, do you know what their decision is with a, a security system? And you say, oh, it's, it's up to them what they do. Well, now that you did it, they won't know that we're going to give you a referral. That's how they call a kickback, a bribery. And this just happened to me today, in fact. Today, right now, a little couple hours ago. And I said, do you think I would take a kickback from some scum like you? And the girl said, well, a lot of people do. And I said, that's the problem. So when you catch these political whores that are taking kickbacks and schemes, like we do the Bidens, and we've known for five decades, just hide behind, oh, what do you hate, poor people? You hate brown people? You must be a racist. No, 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 I hate white people the most. You see, because it's white people that figured out these schemes, these philosophies of Marxism and communism and socialism. Those are white people. And did you know, Squirrel, there's more white people on welfare, on, and I don't just mean corporate, where that's a lot of white people, on actual welfare. There's far more white people than any other minority. I hate that. I hate it all. Because that has to come to a stop. And when I saw this, this scam, of a debt ceiling, and I saw people's attention get drawn to it, rather than, you know, the actual crimes that happen out there. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. Okay. And then I saw the weapons. And you see that we can't get an accurate count 
on exactly how many human beings have been killed in the oligarch war in the former Soviet Union. Can't. Just like we couldn't get a number count for the people killed in the Middle East, all through American intervention. And we, when we saw that the Nord Stream pipeline had been blown up by America, and Seymour Hersh proved that as well, news came out today. Oh, it did. There's absolute evidence that we blew it up. What happens now? Now Russia blows up a dam. Oh, they blew up a dam. They blew up their pipeline. They blew up a dam. This is all very convenient. And in the meantime, the funding goes on and the funding goes on. And the money stream has been turned on. And you realize how they do that. It's almost brilliant. It's a brilliant scheme of deception. It's the Marxist scheme. See, Marxists had a, had a little more difficult time, so they did it by religion. And then uh, Hitler took advantage of that. He did it by religion, too. But the fact of the matter is, they get to hide all their corruption, all their failures, all because they get to say, racist, racist, racist. It's a common theme, and it's coming to these shores. Well, it's been here for decades. But now, they feel they've perfected it. However, there's some things to answer for. There really is. And some of the things to answer for are the actual crime and murder and mayhem perpetrated not just with our checkbook, but by our hand. Ukraine's use of NATO-supplied weapons to attack Russia has finally started to raise questions from Kiev's Western sponsors. The Belgian Prime Minister is now talking about strict controls on where the arms are ending up. By the way, as I've been had this position about the most corrupt nation in Europe, Ukraine, do you know that I'm called anti-Ukrainian? Even though the people that most influence my decision are former Soviet Union slaves from, ironically, Ukraine. Oh, you're racist. We dug deeper into the issue with RT correspondent Uma Isha here in the studio. The Washington Post has reported on Saturday that the anti-Kremlin fighters that are using tactical vehicles originally given to Ukraine by the U.S. and Poland. Now, we have Belgium that is currently doing an investigation after Belgian rifles were reported to be used by pro-Ukrainian forces that are fighting against Russian forces within the Russian uh, territory. European weapons are delivered to Ukraine under the condition that they are used on Ukraine territory with the purpose of defending that territory. And we have strict controls in place to see that this is the case. Now, this has been a focus of Western media for months. Has there been any reaction from the West on Kiev's botched offensive attempt? Now, Warsaw has also denied connection with the Polish Volunteer Corps, which has also uh, taken part in the attacks in the Belgorod region. But you're not supposed to focus on the fact that Zelensky traces back to specifically 400 million himself. And his upper echelon is driving Porsches and Bentleys. I don't know where the hell you buy one of these in Kiev, but apparently the car dealers are open. You're supposed to focus on this. We begin with breaking news out of southern Ukraine and video going viral on social media. It shows a large hydroelectric dam that was blown up earlier this evening. But this isn't just any dam. It's the Nova Kakova Dam on the Dnipro River in southern Ukraine. That dam held back a huge amount of water that is now rushing toward the city of Kherson and more than 80 other cities and towns down the Dnipro River. This is an image taken earlier today by a Maxar satellite. It now, it's, shows it's the unbelievable, and you can't you can't quantify how many people are killed or the devastation is unfathomable. But this is the plan, because now America gets to cash in 
For the first time since World War II, the Senate unanimously passed legislation to revive Lend-Lease in order to quickly get more weapons and aid to Ukraine. Chief White House Correspondent Cecilia Vega has the latest. Good morning, Cecilia. Hi, George. Good morning to you. This essentially makes it easier for President Biden to greenlight sending military aid to Ukraine. Uh, basically, it's cutting the red tape. It's something. And that brings me back to all of the evidence. Set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. Um, and the foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. There is one pers- person who was very deeply involved in Ukraine, uh, and, and that's Biden. And that's all hidden now. And now what we'll focus on is the dam is blown. Whose interest was it to blow the dam? Was it Russia's interest or was it our interest that blew the dam? But this is too far downfield. After all, we have to focus on our own wants or needs. And now we're getting answers as to how stupid our government is, as it cannot answer exactly how many people have crossed the border, what their intentions are. And it won't because the people have been bribed. They've been bribed to support one of the only last politicians to hang around with the grand wizard, Robert Burt. His name is Joe Biden. The party is the ultimate racist party in this country, the Democrat mafia. But now they're helping people and they get to hide behind the wielding of racism in the name of correcting it. And in the meantime, you're not supposed to say anything, even though you know this is a fraud, not of color, but of character. This is a fraud where you can get corrupt people of all colors to support you because there's a little bit more in it for you. California. Hey, what up, California, where they are providing disaster relief funds for undocumented immigrants who are not eligible for any FEMA aid. So as of right now, California will provide. Now, I just want you to think about it. They're providing money for illegal aliens who just got you're here and you were not affected, but that's OK. You're going to get money. Let's hear it again, Squirrel, shall we? California. Hey, what up, California, where they are providing disaster relief funds for undocumented immigrants who are not eligible for any FEMA aid. So as of right now, California will provide up to $4,500 in financial assistance to undocumented immigrants that were impacted by the series of storms that slammed the state in January and March, according to Governor Gavin Newsom's office. And they say that the... So see... Illegal aliens now support Gavin Newsom. And what he's done to this city, they're unaware of because they got here. But if they were here in January, if they were here since January, then they're going to get $4,500 to vote Democrat. You see, this is how you build a loyal syndicate. So all of the people that wanted you to support this debt ceiling, this is what made it possible. And there's all kinds of kickbacks and schemes and bribery. I think they should call it a referral. It's a Marxist mafia support referral. Hey guys, it's your girl Shalane. I'm back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to be discussing $1,000 stimulus checks. And no, this is not clickbait. We also have guaranteed income programs, disaster relief funds, and more. As you guys are all aware, my way of showing love to you is by helping you find money. Therefore, I have discovered various ways for you to earn money, such as applying for monthly reoccurring payments. As <laughs> you are earning monthly reoccurring payments because she helps you fill it out. That's called earning. That's not earning. But Democrats aren't too specific on details. That's why they all support the multi-billion dollar boondoggle. 
to the most corrupt nation in all of Europe. Well, as assistance for some of our essential workers. So if you want to know where the money resides, you already know what to do. Stay tuned. Your girl's got you covered. Now, if this is your first time tuning into my channel, hi, hello, hey, friends. My name is Shalay, and here on this channel, we discuss shopping, saving, and everything in between. I would love to have you a part of my internet family. Super easy. Over 500,000 people watch this. 500,000 subscribers. So if you guys don't know, I used to be a resident of Alaska. Yep, that is the military for you. And I used to receive my dividend every single year. Well, this year, I want to say the dividend is about thirty-three or $3,800. She's in the military. And she's on welfare. Now, it doesn't matter to me what race she is, what gender she is, how she identifies. What matters to me is the character. But these are the people that blindly support corruption. The party is irrelevant. The person is irrelevant because the person who they support is beyond ridiculous. The three of you had one of the same coaches that I had, great Tubby Raymond, who was named, who was, um, anyway, he's a hell of a coach. I played freshman football at Delaware and uh, ended up low at, I shouldn't say this, but you had to have a 2-0 to keep going. I had a 2-9-9, I mean a 1-9-9, and my mother made me quit, but I went back out my, uh, my junior year to play in my senior year. And uh, while Tubby was the assistant coach, I played defensive back. And uh, after running the drills uh, in that, uh, that spring practice, he came over and he said, Biden, now he kind of coughed when he talked to you like this. So Do you know why none of these kids will know that? Because Tubby Raymond hasn't coached since 2001. Tubby Raymond didn't start coaching till 1966. Joe Biden graduated in 1965. But the Democrats aren't too specific on the details. I'm going to remember this. You run faster backwards than anyone I've ever seen. Well, my political opposition thinks the same thing of me. Now, your political opposition thinks you're a traitor. Your political opposition thinks you're a crook. You're real. The real opposition to government supremacy and government corruption. The real percentage of us never supported you getting $5, let alone your big accomplishment of corruption. An unlimited, unfettered stream of corruption that'll keep you and the other political whores fat and sassy. And we're focused on securing our border, combating climate crisis, and protecting the fundamental rights of Americans. Now everybody knows that's a lie, but here's $1,000 a month so you could pretend you earned it by filling out a welfare receipt. And by the way, there's far more white people on welfare than any other race. This isn't about color. It's about character. And Democrats have none. And thankfully, I don't want them listening. I don't want them listening. I don't want the people that support this scum listening. Turn the station. 312-642-5600 for the rest of you. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Wear your mask, take your pills, now a whole generation's mentally... So many of these problems could be solved if the people demanded character instead of benefits, instead of favoritism by their abuser. And they turn to government, and they'll turn to government for virtually anything. 
And to some people, there's a lucrative living on it. It's getting more lucrative. In fact, it might be the only part of our economy with true growth potential. Under the program, each individual will be eligible up to $1,500 payment and then $500 per child. But the max that a household would be able to receive would be $4,500. So those that are eligible for assistance, you must provide the following information. You must show where you have lived or worked in an impacted county. Of course, you have to be at least 18 years old or older. And then you cannot be eligible for federal disaster assistance and have experienced a hardship resulting from the storms that occurred in December of 2022, as well as through April of 2023. So California, this is an additional $500. If you were not affected by the storms, contact, let your family know, share this video. But also in California, they are doing a $1,000 stimulus check. Now we talked about this, I wanna say maybe last year where California had introduced the Breathe program. What's that, and this bro? was a pilot program that gave $1,000 to 1,000 individuals per month for a span of three years. Now, payments already have started with this program. They're distributed on the 15th of each month. But now, starting this month, they are going to add an additional 200 people. So Ooh, it's, that's good. I'll tell you what, 36000 for doing absolutely nothing except existing? I like it. Chuck and Dullivan. Hey, uh, that Zelensky guy ought to get Kenny Construction over there. You remember when they busted the tunnel and it flooded Chicago and Kenny Construction yeah. dumped the mattresses down there? Yeah. And then Dick Daly gave him two non-bid uh, runways at O'Hare. Well, then he'd have to give us Zelensky. He'd have to give him two non-bid runways for in Kiev at well, the airport I, there. I think Joe Biden's brother, Jim, and his homely sister, I think they're also in the bridge business and dam business. After all, they were in the housing business in Iraq. You know how flexible some of these short-in-the-pants construction owners can be, as long as they cozy with the Democrats. Thank you, Chuck and Dullivan. Yes, yes, we got all kinds of problems and all kinds of skullduggery, and it's paid for by a bipartisan fashion of morons pretending to be Republicans that supported it, okayed it, and wrote the check for it. George in Naperville. Sean, do you think that lady pushing all those goodies is a big hipper when she eats out? I'll tell you what. You know what I've loved? I've watched this 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 person for decades, for, uh, for about seven years. I think she started about seven years ago. And it's fun to watch behind her how she lives. It's fun to watch the custom purses. It's fun to watch the lap of luxury she broadcasts from. As she tells people how to get money for nothing the whole time, she is a reservist in the military. So that's the problem with society, is that character really doesn't have any standards anymore in America. And before you know it, you get an 80-year-old racist supported by minorities. Thank you very much. Teresa on the Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. Uh, you know, I agree. Um, you know, the white population is higher, so there will be more screw-ups. But that being said... What about the minorities who keep screwing up? I mean, it doesn't seem there's a lot of minorities who stand up against the BS. I mean, don't they see it? I hate this kind of talk because it takes away the individualism that Uh uh, so many people take advantage of. And we fall into the trap that the Marxist wants you to fall in. I don't speak of people by their race. I speak of them by their character. Yeah, I do too. That's why what I hate are all socialists. I hate them all. 
I hate all communists. Yeah, I do too. I, because what, they, what they're preaching not only destroys economically nations, but what they're preaching is a slavery people can be comfortable with, where everyone is enslaved yeah. to somebody else, but yet the government gets to be enslaved to nobody, and it gets unfettered support only by morons. See, morons believe yeah. and subscribe to this. So what, what's really funny is you know that these so-called intellectuals that support this, they don't really believe it. But they hate a system right. that allows a new person to come here from the former Soviet Union and become worth five times what they are. After all, they went to school. So they hate that system. And they want a class system. That's why they talk about people in classes. And they want to be orchestrators of righteousness. That's why they look at somebody with race rather than looking at somebody as a human being and letting their character yeah. tell you who they are. So they want you afraid to use your judgment. And then when you do, oh, you're a racist. It's a great system right. of totalitarianism that they have perfected. That's why you allow stupid morons with dementia to become presidents after stealing an election because you're afraid to speak to them. Well, it doesn't intimidate exactly. me. It doesn't intimidate me. It motivates me. So I like it when yeah. they do that. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. At AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Go Zelensky! Steal that money like Poroshenko before you. I've been against this war since the Ukrainian government was killing its own people. Since before the Minsk Accord. I wonder, Squirrel, how many moron Republicans, you know, those people, how many moron Republicans know who Poroshenko was, know about the Minsk Accords? About the same percentage that knows what they funded when they supported the debt ceiling. Morons. Those people. Morons. In the meantime, Squirrel, do you know who was a very good friend and a consultant to Poroshenko? You could cut the music, Squirrel. Very good friend and a consultant to Poroshenko. Paul Manafort. You know Paul Manafort, right? Roger Stone's friend. What a couple of scum. Boy, oh boy, are they scum. Funny looking, too. You know who else is funny looking? Everybody they hang with. Like Rod Blagojevich. He's in that inner circle. Those are a bunch of scumbags. That's why I never would even tolerate anybody who was friendly with him. That's the hardest thing about Trump. Could never figure out, what the hell are you doing with these scum? And then I remember, oh, he was a Democrat. Yes, that's where he perfected hiding money, bribing politicians like Rahm Emanuel and the rest of it. I thought maybe it was going to help. We had some real bright spot there. We really did. We had three good years, and then he fell for the trap. The greatest bioweapon released on mankind, invested since 2009 by not just the American government, but Big Pharma, you know. It is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360, brought to you by Pfizer. But he had good reactions. He had good instincts. Like, for instance, he predicted the inbred Saudis and the PGA. He knew that professional athletes, for the most part, are just whores who can do jumping jacks. And they'll sell out, as they sold out to the inbred Saudis, who are going to hurt the rest of America as they clamp down on the production of oil. But that's okay. People are still going to watch live golf, live golf, whatever. And now they'll watch it all, and they'll make it possible to pay for their own destruction. They remind me of the people who vote Democrat or support Democrat bills and policies. 
It's all a vicious circle of stupidity. And it starts with character. How much is your character for sale for? Would you sell out for the big money like these half-assed pro athletes, the golfers, put the ball in the hole? Would you sell out for that? Or would you sell out for some real low-rent money? They said, look, this program has been doing very well. Let's keep this good thing going. But to join the program, you must be a resident of Los Angeles County. You must be between the age of 21 through 24 as of September 1st of 2023. You have to have remained in foster care after the age of 18, have an income of less than or equal to 100% of the area median income, for a one-person household, and then 120% for a two or more people. Huh. That'll keep people from knowing exactly the kind of corruption and the hundreds of billions. The nice thing is when the most corrupt country in Europe steals hundreds of millions, you can keep people quiet by here's $1,000 a month, now go get drunk and high. Uh, what impact do you think the dams destruction could have on counteroffensive operations? Uh, I think it's too soon to know, to be honest with you. Um, uh, again, I won't speak to Ukrainian military operations uh, in, in any way whatsoever. Uh, but right now, the immediate focus is rightly on uh, all the Ukrainians uh, whose lives and towns and villages are affected by this flooding. And Can we get any numbers, Kirby? Can we get any numbers? And what is your comment on the fact that we have evidence now that leads directly back to the United States of America when it comes to the most devastating ecological disaster, you know, the one that Biden says he cares about the climate, uh, called the Nord Stream Demolition Pipeline. Is the U.S. actively investigating? No. Did it? Why not? There are three European countries uh, that have uh, 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 embarked on independent investigations of this. Whoa, 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 whoa. We lead the amount of money to the most corrupt country in Europe. The one that suspends the elections, that imprisons the opposition, you know, the democracy over there in Ukraine. We have the most money on the line. It's our weapons. You don't want to know, Kirby? Why, why, why don't you want to know? Um, and we're comfortable in their ability uh, to take a hard look at this and to come up with conclusions. That's a Democrat politics speak for we can bribe anybody who even wiggles about evidence like we do in our own FBI. Oh, that's true, too. It's absolutely true. And uh, we can virtually prove it. Where is it? Here it is. At this time. And the, at this time. And the uh, retirements upcoming, the border chief and the ICE, uh, the ICE chief, is that going to impact the administration's ability to manage the border in the near term? So look. Um, uh, I was looking for the FBI one, but we'll find it later. Craig, I'm on Greenwood. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Anything. Now, I'll tell you what, I totally agree with you now. I, I wasn't always fully on board with the thing about, like, the uh, election uh, that we have no chance, but I'll tell you what, I, I sure do agree with you now. Um, they got this stuff all fixed up and everything like that. And everything. But what gets me is they have to be absolutely terrified of this guy because even though they got all this corruption that they can do with all the voting, all the different schemes they have, here they are. You got all these, you got all these Republicans coming in, jumping into the thing to be primary and which are all a bunch of a bunch of turncoats and everything, all in the in that machine. And then you got all of these different prosecutors and investigators, everything, and all these um, where they got the indictments that they're going to turn. They got to be terrified. This guy, they got everything out, like everything, every gun they got is pointing at this guy. It's like, what are they you afraid know, of? Do you know, Craig? Do you remember? Because you're you paid attention to politics. Do you remember? Um, and I, I I did this too. I bought this too when Ron Paul would come on conservative shows in the 60s and the 70s. I'd like you to do yourself a favor. Go back and look at some of that stuff. 
and listen to what he was actually saying and look at where we are in 2023. Now, the reason that he didn't really win anything outside of his congressional district was because he was character assassinated by both parties. It's fascinating. And who helped in that character assassination was the media. But he still remained for 50 years with the character where he could not be bought, he could not be silenced. Unfortunately, this is a game where all you need to do is be the Pied Piper to the morons, and you could too be president, even when you don't know it. Even when you don't know if it's Tuesday or July. Even when you get coaches wrong and teachers wrong and years wrong. Even when you have a legacy of absolute racism and you hung around with Robert Byrd, the Klansman. One of the only elected Klansmen we knew about for decades. And uh, I believe Barack Obama eulogized the Grand Wizard. Isn't it a great game? It's a great soap opera. John in Portage Park. Hi, Sean. You know, I'm not that good at expressing myself as you guys are, but my idea is that we could fund the wall and nobody could bitch about funding the wall and by like, like, like the bricks in front of Wrigley Field. You know, you pay for a brick and your brick is... John, in Portage Park, you live in Portage Park. When you go out to a restaurant, you pay the sales tax on the food, right? You tip your waiter, and then you have to pay. I th- what is the what is it? Ten point two five percent for having the luxury of dining in. And if you take it out, I think you pay what nine point seven five percent in a tax. Don't you think you fund enough? Well, that's uh, <laughs> it's so it's so complex. Yeah, but well, John, here's the not... thing: we've lost that ideology of your father and your grandfather. We're You were being extorted from your money, and you demanded not just things get done, but you demanded political honesty. And somewhere in that mix, John, thank you for the call, somewhere in that mix, in particular in Chicago, you adopted that mafia mindset where you wanted that clout. Ah, why why stand on principle when I could hire a short-in-the-pants lawyer? And he could get my taxes lower. I mean, after all, they keep 25% of what they save you, 35 You might have to grease a palm. And that's how a society collapses. And that's why you're seeing such luxury and success in a formerly great city. Not just because the people were great, but because the companies were great. You could walk down every street and get a job. How about now? You're lucky you don't get stitches. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560. The answer. You know, Squirrel, these are easy to predict the outcomes of these corrupt... Nations, easy, including this one. That's the sad reality now that we see this dimwit in diapers, this election stealing whore for five decades pretend to be president. It doesn't matter what he does, how wrong he is, he'll stay in place because there's enough people that want in on the scam that are disgusted by it. And it's one of the main reasons I understood exactly what would happen once we started to fund the corruption in Ukraine. It's also the reason I understood the kind of scum Roger Stone and Paul Manafort were. Do you know when Pashenko was caught 
being the crooked bastard he always was. They went to his house in Ukraine, and they estimate the cost of that house at $1 billion. $1 billion. Now, he was also involved in a civil war where he's killing his own people that they don't want you to know about. Do you know what the average salary of the Ukrainian citizen is? In 2023, $7,500. Do you know what it was in 2015 when the evidence came out of what Poroshenko was? When Paul Manafort was his consigliere or consultant, I believe it's called. It was $5,800. You know how many Ukrainian people, average ones, were murdered and killed? Don't worry if you don't. Nobody does. Because the government doesn't want you to know. And that's before the breaking of the dam. You see, I'm against all of it. Because that corruption perpetrated by oligarchs, the amount of people that are harmed by it doesn't matter. It's like the weekend shootings in Chicago. You don't matter. So I'm against it on the standpoint of look at the character of these scum. So when I say Paul Manafort's a scum, it's not just because of the evidence proves it and he went to jail. It's because of who he cozies around with. How in the world could you even stand in a room with this piece of dung? Or any of them, any of them. And including their hanger-ons who pretend to be important because they know these scum. And I didn't even talk about the swinger with the Nixon tattoo on his back. Why don't you take a look at how Roger Stone's career really ended? It's fascinating. And it'll make you look at his wife a whole different way, too. She's another roach. Debbie in Portage, Indiana. Yes, Sean. Uh, good evening. Good. I know you... Uh that uh, you're a golfer, and I was pretty surprised uh, when I looked at my news feed today and found out that the uh, PGA Tour is uh, basically being owned by the Saudis now. Yes. Yeah. Well, why not? Why not? They ha- We made them rich. Ironically, government policy made them rich. Before uh, the Sherman Antitrust Act, Saudi Arabia was a camel depot. And what happened is once they tried to break apart Standard Oil... Rockefeller and his his board were very smart. They made more money after they tried to break it up because they ran to Saudi. And to this day, did you know, to this day in some parts of Saudi, oil is still pulled out of the ground with Rockefeller wells. Did you know that? Fascinating. It's our foreign policy that built a cartel called OPEC because our government is afraid to let American businesses employ Americans and thrive in American energy. They prefer that the mayhem destroys third worlds they like it because they they you can pretty much pull anything over on a people who believes there's such a thing as royalty kind of like in chicago where they think the dailies are royal you know the difference between the dailies and the saudis the saudis smell better that's it what do you think of that all right i think I, i i stifled her with my brilliant squirrel jim round like Hi, Jim. John Thompson, how are you? Splendid, hey, how are you? Going? Wonderful. Oh, very good. I don't know if you remember, we met uh, at the wonderful Donnelly Auction House. I was the big Ooh. bearded guy. I do remember. How you doing, kid? I'm, I'm good. You uh, advised me to take the haircut, uh, metaphorically and literally, on property taxes, but uh, I just kind of wanted to let you know I'm going to go the old-fashioned route and do things the hard way and try to attempt <laughs> in my middle age... Uh, start a business based on my character and reputation, and we'll see how far that boulder gets thrown. You know, Jim, I want you to t- take inspiration in so many people that did it before you. And, you know, I think about this every time uh, I talk about Gary Rabine. You know, this guy 
started an asphalt company with nothing. Nothing. And to this day, if you talk to him, it doesn't matter what he faces, he's never deterred. And that's the character of an entrepreneur. And if you have that, you can survive in any, clim- in any climate. And the, fu- the what proves my point is look at all of those former Soviets that lived under these corrupt oligarchs in Russia and Ukraine and all the rest of it. Look at what happens to these citizens once they have a chance to come to a country, even Chicago, a, state, a city like Chicago, a state like Illinois, what do they do? They thrive because they're relentless. And you'll be relentless, too, and I know you'll succeed. In the meantime, what's the business? I'll give you a little plug. A little plug. I'm going to do uh, automotive and motorcycle transport for higher-end autos. Oh. Uh, so, I mean, based on, based on reputation, being a motorcycle collector myself, relationships that I've built, the old-fashioned handshake way, and actually caring about what I do. Sounds like an ad for Freedom Square. Make sure you open up a profile there. We're going to start. I'm going to talk oh, to them. We're going to get a coupon for show for uh, my show on that, and where I'll pay a portion of your fee and the rest of it. So we're going to put you in touch with Freedom Square, and then in the meantime, I want you to stay on the line and give Honey Bunny your. If you get a website or whatever, I'll help you out all I can. All right, brother. Yeah. No. Awesome. Thank you for the call and and, and or answering the call. And uh, I have no idea whose boot that was on the uh, pipeline underwater. It wasn't ours, even though it said Made in America. Ironically, one of the few things made in America is the SEAL Team outfit. Thank you. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. There were signs, there were indications, but one of the silver linings and the beauty of the Trump administration is now nobody has a doubt, not the right, not the left. The bureaucracies that are employed by our government are corrupt. Who watches the watchers? Well, what if the one who watches the watchers is corrupt? It's the perfect scheme. It's the government supremacy run amok. My next guest is an author of the book, The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. I've talked to him a couple times. I love talking to him because he gives us hope. I always believe there is no government. There's just people. And like all people, only a third of us are good. It's the other two-thirds we have to keep our eye on. Tom Baker, how are you, Tom? Great. Good to be with you, Sean. This is a troubling reality in America in the year 2023. And as I said in the intro to you, we've had indications that in the agency there were some really bad players. We knew what the FBI did to Martin Luther King. We even know what they did to Malcolm X. And it used to be that the FBI was against government supremacy or specifically communism. However, Gus Hall in 1972 ran for president. He was a communist. It was a scandal at the time. And yet his young supporter turned out to be the head of the FBI. I'm talking specifically of Jim Comey. Shouldn't this have maybe tipped somebody off to keep an eye on him? 
Well, you would have thought so, and you would have thought the same thing about uh, Brennan, who wound up uh, the head of the CIA. Yes. But uh, it, it, that's, that's all in the past now, Sean, and the damage those people have done, particularly Comey, who is without doubt the most, the worst FBI director there ever was, no question about it, and who... Uh, who brought more disgrace upon the FBI than, than anybody else. And it's a, it, without an FBI that has integrity, without an FBI that is, that, is, that is not political, once it becomes politicized, it's over. Because they protect that entity, and that's how you build a syndicate, a mafia, an organized crime family. And you know... I have to tell you, Tom, I'm from Chicago, a suburb in Chicago, and it's a very Italian suburb, and I love it. My mother was Italian. I'm half Italian. And we used to refer to it as forever bothering Italians. And we would make fun of the fact that in the most corrupt city in America, bar none, Chicago, all of the politicians that at that time were Irish, and even now, were Irish. All of the FBI agents were Irish. And we had a guy named Mike Madigan, who everybody in the state knew was a mafia done, never investigated. And the FBI headquarters was a quarter mile away from the campaign headquarters. And it seems to be that cancer of corruption spread throughout the, the nation. Now, what was it like when you were specifically there? Were you directed to not look into political crime? Never, never. Uh, and, and my book, uh, sort of a, a theme or a subtitle of it is The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And I spend a lot of time on talking about the good, not just to, to say this is how we did it, but to show how great the FBI was. And in the course of showing that, I can point out things that 20 years later went off the tracks. Uh, we, we, we were trained in, to operate within the guidelines of the Constitution, and it was taken very, very seriously. Now, political... Uh, investigations were all also treated very sensitively uh, for, a, for a period of time I was the assistant agent in charge of the Washington field office speaking there in Washington we had a number of cases in it over a couple of years that involved political figures members of Congress uh, in at least one case a federal judge and we had to be extra careful that we had enough predicate information enough probable cause if you will to, to take on that investigation. And the hierarchy was very sensitive to this. So after we got going uh, initially in the preliminary stages of an investigation in Washington field office, FBI headquarters would know we were investigating a political person. And you'd wind up, I personally wound up sitting in front of the desk of Director Bill Webster, then Judge Webster was the director, and we were being asked, do you have enough? Now, by enough, he meant enough probable cause to continue this investigation. Uh, investigations of political figures were not done frivolously. Now, the Durham report has showed us exactly the opposite happened in the Trump investigation. An investigation was initiated with absolutely no predicate, no good reason to start that investigation. Proved Trump exactly correct. He was right the whole time when he said he was being tapped, wiretapped. He used an expression, and I think that was a problem with Trump, his vernacular. He used an expression that you had to be over 40 to understand. But he was right. Um, I think I wasn't shocked he was right. To me, coming from my neighborhood, of course he was. And this is the government 
protecting itself. And it also explains so much of the other decisions. But I didn't think the Durham report was upsetting. I think if you've been kind of aware of the headlines, if you've been aware of politics, it shouldn't have shocked you. However, what it really what shocked me was how many Americans have no idea about how bureaucracies work. Do you think that's the baseline of our problem in this country? We don't realize there's no such thing as a government. There's only people. Well, that's certainly part of it, Sean. And and uh, I, I sort of agree with you about the Durham report. The Durham report, in fact, was shocking. He put it all together in 300 pages to show that an investigation was undertaken, not just of an American citizen, but with a presidential candidate with absolutely no predication, no reason to do that. That is shocking. Now, you know it, and I know it, and a, a good bit of the, the third part of my book is devoted to that, and, and I must say it, there's a good deal of validation, and what the Durham report said validates an awful lot that is in my book, but it, it, it should be shocking, but it's not getting the press coverage it deserves. One commentator, a conservative commentator, said that this is worse than Watergate, and he's absolutely right. Oh, yeah. You know, do we, and this is the other part. Tom, you, in your career, when you were a young man, doesn't it feel the nation has gotten used to corruption and they are starting to adapt to it in the way the Soviet citizen adapted to it, in the way the Venezuelan citizen adapted to it? It becomes normal. And I'm wondering what, in your opinion... Is the cure for it? Because the way it looks to me, people don't want the truth. They want the lie. And that's how you get the city of Chicago and New York and New Jersey and California and the rest of it. They like the lie told by the liar more than they want to see that scoundrel go to prison. What do you think? Well, uh, I, I, what I think is that's unfortunate. Uh, and, and there's a great deal of truth in what you say. I, I think the problem with the FBI is a problem of culture, a culture that Mueller changed and, and Comey just exacerbated the problem with his poor leadership. Uh, the, the, the other aspect to it that I'm becoming more and more aware of, and other people keep drawing to my attention, is the pool that we're swimming in. We, when I say we, I mean the FBI, but I mean every organization and government and every corporation. We're living in a society that has been rapidly changing, and everybody's recruiting from that pool of people. A lot of people, and the term is woke. And just uh, last month, Bill Barr, the former attorney general, was speaking to the National Review Forum, and he talked about the FBI and the Department of Justice specifically, but he did uh, qualify his remarks by saying this challenge faces every organization. But it's crucial in the FBI because of their important mission that they be on, on guard against it. And there are more and more people coming up in the ranks of the FBI that are woke. And that's the problem more than traditional corruption. Yes, but uh, I agree. I agree with that. But I think it's more of a virtue shield for those who have perfected political corruption to just pull up when it's convenient. It's like racism. Oh, you're a racist. But what you're seeing with the Bidens is really quite unique. They produce nothing. They achieve nothing. They do nothing. Yet we have evidence of hundreds of millions 
flowing into their coffers, their frauded shell companies, their LLCs. And we should have known this when we hired a moron from Delaware. It wasn't the entire state created to uh, produce these LLC shell companies. Well, that's where a lot of corporations (laughs) register themselves. That's true. Yeah. I mean, but doesn't the FBI get kind of, hey, there's a son of a senator. Let's just go before he was vice president. There's a son of a senator. He's a 21-year-old kid. He sits on the board of Amtrak, and Amtrak uh, donates to the campaign. Shouldn't we have the government start to look at the government? Because to me, if I was a young man and I was uh, devious by nature, I would go into politics. It seems to be where you can get away with all kinds of financial crimes. Well, I think that's coming to a head, uh, finally. And I think the Congress gets some credit for that. They haven't let go of this. Uh, this this latest request, which was stonewalled for over a month by the Bureau, uh, unnecessarily, in my opinion, there are ways to get that information to Congress, uh, is about a specific allegation of a spe- specific $5 million payment some years ago. Uh, but that kind of dovetails with the suspicious activity reports uh, that the, the House of Representatives also got their hands on, uh, or somewhere well over 100 suspicious activity reports from a variety of financial institutions uh, regarding the flow of money to, to the accounts. Uh, I think that's what you alluded to. Yeah. Uh, half a dozen different members of the Biden family, and it's in the, it is in the millions or tens of millions of dollars. So the, the two pieces of information do, do dovetail. Uh, and I, I, I just hope they... They continue and keep their head down and work through this thing because it sure smells. Yeah. You know, Tom, uh, it, it reminds me, in, in my world, in the world of Americanism, in the principles of, of the Enlightenment, the only restraints in this country, the only ones, are to be on government. Yet I cannot see where there is one. When you have a system that sets itself up for this kind of corruption, allows dark money, money into politics, allows a relationship between children and siblings and the rest of it, and really a a section that is blind to oversight in campaign contributions. Isn't that where it's going to go? Isn't that where corruption will go? And after all, it's the perfect place to corrupt because they're in charge of the bureaucracies that watch them. How do we break that system, in your opinion? I believe there should be absolute restraint on money into politics, and I'm curious to know what you think would be the answer, because we have to do something drastic. We have to put the restraints on government. Otherwise, it's just changing names. Well, I, I think, well, you're right, and I'm not an expert on the financial end of it. But we also have the problem of the media and the press today, which is also impacting this. Uh, when you see what was reported in the Durham report, and it's getting so little coverage in the press, and now you see these these uh, allegations about the President Biden and the Biden family dovetailing together involving tens of millions of dollars, and yet it gets very little coverage in the press. That's that's a real problem. That's the press. When I say the press, the the broad broad spectrum. No, I know what you mean. Are are, are not doing their duty. let me just, on finance, and, and you're, you're a finance guy, this suspicious activity report, these SARS reports, SARS, yeah. I was on the board of directors of a, of a, of a credit union, a big credit union, a billion-dollar credit union for, for a number of years. We would get reported to us about once 
every other month that the staff had filed a SARS report, suspicious activity report. Now, for the benefit of your listeners who don't know this, the, the, the financial institutions in this country, whether banks, savings and loans, brokerages, have to file these reports with the federal government whenever they they see something and there's a whole series of criteria, but just flows of cash, extra cash, money flowing in strange directions. They have to be alert. They have to know their customer. That's the mantra. Well, we filed about, as they say, one of these reports, like every second or third month, which didn't necessarily mean it was criminal activity, but it was certainly something out of the unusual. And they always reported to the board of directors as a point of information. Here you have a half a dozen members of the Biden family, and they were over 100, I think it was like 170 SARS, suspicious activity reports, filed on that family group for these millions of dollars running through accounts, running out of accounts, and that's one of the suspicious things. There's a million dollars put in an account, and the next day it's wired to a different bank somewhere else. And and that's different bank employees. Who knows how many weren't spotted, but different bank employees spotted this irregularity and reported it to it. Reported it. That's gigantic. Yes. Over 100-some-odd of these things. Who, squ- and who squashes that? press coverage. See, here's my problem. I can't believe we're living in a country with all of with all of what we know that allows a president to appoint an AG, that allows a president to have a hand in who is in charge of the FBI, who is in charge of the uh, of, of the DOJ, and the, I mean all of it. How do we fix it? I mean, unless we change the way that these people are put into very powerful positions, you could have all the Tom Bakers out there, and they're neutered. Because we've politicized law enforcement. So what is your suggestion? I'm curious. Well, my suggestion in the the last part of my book goes into this. As regards the FBI, the culture has to be changed. To change the culture, you have to recognize there's a problem. So far, Christopher Wray, who there's really no fundamental bad things about him thus far, except for the fact he doesn't recognize the problem. Each time something's happened... People are fired or let go, or they're allowed to resign, or they're kicked out the door. And each time he says, in so many words, the bad apples are no longer with us. That was his response to the Durham report. Whereas Durham outlines clearly a cultural problem in the FBI, and Durham, in the conclusion of his reports, says, and these are the words he used, I think I'm quoting him correctly, the FBI has to be continuously reminded of how this thing went off the track so it doesn't happen again. So we need to change the culture. There are some specific things, only a few really. It has to come from within these agencies, but there are a few specific things that the Congress can do. The Congress does have a role. Tom Baker, you give us all hope because we it's nice to know that there are people with your character, with your standards who understand what principles of righteousness are. Tom Baker, he is the author of the book, The Fall of the FBI, how a once great agency became a threat to democracy. But Tom, really, you give us all a lot of hope because I, I, I know that there's at least a third Tom Bakers out there. Thank you so much for writing Thank the book. And make, oh, I appreciate you, Tom. Tom Baker, be sure and get the book. I'm buying it right now on Amazon. You don't have to kick back. I would like a signed copy, but that's just a suggestion. Tom we'll Baker, thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank you so okay. much. We'll be back Bye-bye. with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. 
560, The Answer. I gotta tell you. So many atrocities to pick from. Where do we go, Squirrel? Let's uh, make people feel good. Recent decades, there has been an unexplained and alarming growth in the prevalence of chronic illnesses and health problems, especially in children. We've seen a stunning rise. So when I first heard this, well, I thought for sure he was going to take my suggestion, which is come out and say, look, I do not like what we're seeing as a ramification of the of the shot, you know, the vaccine. But now, last week, the World Health Organization put out a release uh, showing that there was a possible causal relationship between COVID-19 vaccine and multiple sclerosis. And we're- he didn't talk about that, though. I, I had hopes. I had hopes. In autism, autoimmune disorders, obesity, infertility, serious allergies and respiratory challenges. It's time to ask what is going on? Is it the food that they eat, the environment that we live in, the overprescription of certain medications? Is it the toxins and chemicals that are present in our homes? Every year we spend hundreds of billions of dollars to treat these chronic problems rather than looking at what is causing them in the first place. Too often our public health establishment is too close to big pharma. They make a lot of money, big pharma. Big corporation. (laughs) Hello? Address the fracking warp speed in the trillion dollars. It's another special interest and does not want to ask the tough questions about what is happening to our children's health. If big pharma defrauds American patients and taxpayers or puts profits above people, they must be investigated and held accountable. When I'm back in the White House, I will. It's not big. There would be no big pharma if there wasn't even bigger corrupt government. Do you understand? There's no big pharma. There's no military industrial complex. If the restraints in this country are the only place they're supposed to be on the fracking government. But can somebody tell me where the restraints are? See, we have a problem with government. It's occupied by morons. You know, morons, morons like this. If you think you might commit sexual assault, always carry a whistle when you find your... Cory Bush. Now, it's hard to, 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 to achieve the dumbest person in government. But boy, oh boy, she's in the three. Under the Biden-Harris administration, the Department of Labor fin- uh, finalized a rule reversing a Trump-era regulation that prevented retirement plan fiduciaries from considering ESG data when seeking to maximize investment returns for plan participants. Now, call me silly. I've been around money because I didn't have any. Tried my whole life. I'll still try. I'll try to the day I die for years. Is, is, is this the kind of intellect you want telling you about money? If you think you might commit sexual assault, always carry a whistle. When you find yourself about to commit sexual assault, blow the whistle until someone else stops you. So if you think that a rapist or a pedophile or another base of the Democrat Party is going to carry a whistle around his neck, and before he rapes or gets a kid into a van, he's going to blow the whistle, you're done, honey. You're done giving advice. Sit in a corner. Collect your check. Don't give advice. You make everybody's ears hurt. The Securities and Exchange Commission is also working on rulemakings to require publicly traded companies to disclose climate risk information and make ESG disclosures more standardized, more consistent, and more reliable. This plays right into Larry Fink, who the only reason he's got all the money he's got is because he's got the government Federal Reserve corrupt money. They're going to control behavior. And this idiot who thinks pedophiles are going to whistle on themselves 
thinks that uh, investments should be made because of ESG. It's just a layer of bureaucracy and corruption. And the companies will adapt to it. Oh, I know there's a push and there'll be a fight. They will adapt to it. And when you question these bureaucracies of sycophants, like these, like the sewer of Chicago, here's the skinny. 99% of all of the workers are step-and-fetch Democrats. You don't get people who are resisting the corrupt mafia. You get people who are cozied up to it. That's how they get to become bureaucrats. And these Democrat scoundrels have exported that idea. And it's catching on big. And they're not willing to pull back any. In fact, they're going to add to the foot soldiers of Marxism. With all the very real issues facing our great nation, it's really disappointing that once again the House majority has decided to waste valuable time and resources to promote a bunch of half-baked legislative ideas and stir the culture wars pot with MAGA conspiracy theories. The bills that we started considering yesterday in the Rules Committee and will debate and vote upon in the next couple days, consuming an entire week of scarce legislative time, will do nothing to address the most pressing issues our constituents are begging us to address. Oh, God, there's the level of stupidity. That's uh, Congresswoman Gay. Congresswoman Gay. She, uh, she likes bureaucracies. Tell me more, Congresswoman Gay. Gun violence, affordable health and child care, the growing impact of climate change, social security solvency, immigration, national security, and worse. The- Do these words even mean anything from Congresswoman Gay? Do they mean anything? I don't think they do. What else you got to say, Congresswoman Gay? The anti-government philosophy inspiring these bills will ultimately harm Americans by creating dangerous bottlenecks in critical government functions, misrepresenting the role and actions of the federal government, and disrupting the government's ability to protect Americans from harm. So let's get... I know it's, it's, it's Gay Scanlon. I know that. But I like, I like that she goes by Gay. Some facts straight. Not that there's anything wrong with that, Squirrel. Nothing wrong. While our colleagues across the aisle have framed their argument as necessary to ensure that Congress exercises its legislative function, they completely ignore the fact that the federal agencies and rulemaking processes they're attacking have been established by Congress to undertake specific... Uh, 22 million work for the federal, state, local government. 22 million! And what this idiot wants is more. Tom and Blue Island... Sean Ditto's buddy. Hey, literally after you got done talking about Ron Paul, I got a text that he's speaking in Orlando, Florida, August 10th to 12th at some summit. And I was wondering if you thought that was something that's worthwhile to attend, my friend. Um, listen, if you go back and you listen to him from this, as far back as you could go. Everything he predicted about the growth of government, about the growth of the debt, about debt being used as a weapon and guarantee of future taxation, everything he predicted is exactly our reality. And his biggest issue at the time was the corruption in foreign policy. And that's what made me as a young man think and even investigate how much money was made just in Vietnam. The corruption, the lack of caring. I was lucky enough to know veterans who survived came back and i also knew so many that were killed and you realize we're just pawns in this game of corruption we're fodder we're cannon fodder so are the ukrainians so are all of the people in the middle east and after all when you ask them was it worth it to kill all of these people for the death of all of these people 
You know what they say. We have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. And you could look at the Middle East. What was worth killing 500,000 kids? Nothing. What's worth the hundreds of thousands of deaths in the former Soviet Union, in the oligarch war, where the average Ukrainian that wasn't being killed by his government made 5800 a year, and the oligarchs drove around in Porsches? That's before we started giving them our money to seal. Is it worth it? No. That's why it's time to wake up. And what's it really all about? Well, Joe Biden tells you in his $6,000 suit, the bust out never made a dollar in his life. It's about the money. It's time to start looking at the money. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Paul Simon? Ah, it's like name that tune, huh? Didn't he do the uh, song about short people? Wasn't that Paul Simon too? I think Oh, really? I will say this, this President Biden is certainly an incredible leader, incredible negotiator, incredible strategist, uh, and he's strong, brilliant, understands nuance in those conversations, some of whom uh, or, that I was with him and the other legislative leaders and, and saw it firsthand in a high-stake circumstance. <laughs> I'm going to ask Natalie quickly to explain while you're all here how it works. We don't have... The ability, it's not, a, we don't have a laptop type of arrangement here, we just can show you. She'll explain the rest of what's going on. <laughs> Matt? I think you explained it quite well. This shows all yeah. of the infrastructure. It's fascinating. It's like there isn't a reality. Where do you stand? You said last week uh, that this report about uh, migrant families at the border getting payments uh, was garbage. No, I didn't uh, say that. Let's get it straight. You said everybody coming across the border gets five hundred, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. The number was what you had a problem. The number I was referring to. Okay. Now here's the thing. Sure. If in fact, because of the the outrageous behavior of the last administration. You coming across the border, whether it was legal or illegal, and you lost your child. You lost your child. It's gone. You deserve some kind of compensation, no matter what the circumstance. What that will be, I have no idea. Oh, but it's going to be great. You lost your child. Did you lose your child? You turn your child over to a county? Somehow I got to pay you? That makes about as much sense as reparations. Candace, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Hi, because it's Henry Kissinger's 100th birthday, I believe, this week, right? Um, I think everybody should read, uh, and Sean, this is great. There's also a documentary, if you guys don't like to read, The Trial of Henry Kissinger by Christopher Hitchens. Uh, especially if you went to Vietnam or your your father went oh, to Vietnam. War profiteer, war pirate, policy pirate, and a notable statesman. Yeah, he's just he's a great guy. Just talked to so many of the Republicans out there. I bet you, Candace, those are the Republican. Those are the people who supported the debt ceiling bipartisanship. I bet you the same people who think Kissinger is a statesman are the same ones who supported the, the funding of the mafia. What do you think? Yeah, and they're also the same people who support the Chinese. Oh, that's crazy. Same people. Give me a little. I'm in the mood for a little. You got a little George Bush there, Squirrel? We must stop the terror. 
I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. Nice. Four. I think I'm going to say that after every time I tee off at the golf outing. Don in Bloomingdale. That's a... <laughs> Sorry. Sean, Sean, everybody's looking at this Durham report the wrong way. They said that Biden family took uh, $5 million for policy favors. Yeah. The president makes policy favors. They're protecting Obama with this whole thing. Well, they're giving Obama Barack Obama a pass. And, you know, you could argue, Don, he does have to see Michelle naked. He deserves a little something. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. You know, it's funny, when you start out from a, as a kid from a very uh, hard-working neighborhood, when you have a father that's a bricklayer and a grandfather that's a mechanic, you, you, you are in that world of workers, entrepreneurs. And it was in that world I started a plethora of jobs. I don't even know how many fracking jobs I had. And when you're in labor, one thing that you understand is who controls that good jobs and who controls the bulk of it if you're not for an independent contractor and then you watch as independent contractors are shaken down by who by the labor extortion mafia called unions now they don't really give a rip about the workers they don't represent the workers but they have a a nice agreement with those people who distribute the money in often cases they're politicians they're paymasters so it's hard to determine who's the pimp and who's the whore doesn't much matter, but it's a mafia of corruption. I like when they lose. I do. Because what built this country isn't organized labor mafias called unions. What built this country are men and women who had to navigate, sometimes circumvent and bend knee to the mafia. And in spite of it, we're what built the country. Certainly not these fat-ass union bosses. And there's no better example of that than transportation. Way back to that lowlife, Jimmy Hoffa and the rest of it. I think his kid now is in charge of the unions. Let's find out from Mark Mix. Mark, how are you? Well, Sean, I'm doing fine. Uh, you're at your regular level of uh, aggression, so I appreciate that. And, and it's certainly deserved by organized labor. But there was good news last week from the U.S. Supreme Court basically denying union officials an additional privilege, Sean, in controlling and, and using their power and leverage to cajole employers to bow their knee to them. And it was a victory, uh, a temporary one, because the case was remanded back to Washington. But let me give you the details. It was a cement company back took a strike back in 2017, and the drivers loaded up the cement trucks. They drove off the property for a big pour. They drove the trucks back. The union officials organized this. They drove them back, put it in the yards with the cement, still in the drums. And the drums were still spinning, thankfully. Otherwise, the trucks would have been destroyed. But over $100,000 of material was destroyed that day. And so the company wants to sue the union 
for, in, you know, basically demolishing their property and uh, purposely doing demolishing their property. And the lower court in Washington State said, no, you can't, you can't prosecute them. The appellate court said you can't prosecute them. The Washington Supreme Court said you can't prosecute them. We have no jurisdiction under tort law to charge them with a destruction of property. And so it went to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, you know what? We need to take a look at this. It was an 8-1 decision. The only outcast was Katanja Brown, and she said everything the unions do is perfectly fine, but destroying property willfully if you can't have recourse against unions and you have to go to the NLRB to get adjudication, and they say it's protected activity because you, you're on strike, then unions get another special privilege on so top explain, of all they already have. Now, now, first of all, you're the president of the National Right to Work Committee, so you're on the polar opposite of field. You don't like labor extortion mafias and syndicates, so you you advocate for free workers, for free men to be paid on their on the content and the delivery of their services. So you are on the opposite side. But explain to me how they de- how did they destroy the property? What was the allegation? Get, let's get a little specific here. Yeah, it wasn't an allegation. They actually so so the Teamsters Union uh, says they're going to call a strike, but the workers show up in the morning and the employer says, "Okay, we got a big pour going. We're going to load up the trucks." They load up, I think, sixteen cement trucks full of concrete, and they drove them off the yard as as if they were going to deliver them and pour the concrete. And, you know, basically execute the deal. But they didn't. They brought them back onto the yard, and seven of the drivers didn't even let anyone know that they've done this. And so they just park them, and all of a sudden the, the drums are still rolling, the cement's getting old inside, and cement has a shelf life inside the drum. Even when it's turning, it has a shelf life inside the drum. So the company had to destroy all the cement, $100,000 worth of cement. They had to dump it. They had to find an ecological way to dump it and get rid of it. But then they say, okay, the union just deliberately destroyed our property. And the union says, well, you can't prosecute us because we we went on strike. It's protected activity. And oh, all three courts in Washington State said, no problem with that. It's protected. We have no jurisdiction. You can't use regular tort law uh, to prosecute and get compensation for the property damage. The Supreme so, Court said, it, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm just I'm going through this, and this is you know the legacy of unions is 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 that quasi tough guy mafia will break your legs, all that bull dunk, and their fat ass business agent nine times out of ten are loan sharks and bookmakers and the rest of it. But the, the, that is the intimidation level that they have. That's how they keep the reins of power. So they're threatening you with that level of destruction to your business and the rest of it. And here they get caught with it, and a Supreme Court judge says what they did was okay. And I'm just trying to figure out the rational. Did she? I'm sure she wrote a phenomenal dissension. Correct. I mean, it it had to be written. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! She said the Congress gave us this great gift of the National Labor Relations Board and uh, this labor structure that allows union officials to do all this good stuff to protect working men and women. But yeah, it was a, it was a real a real spellbinder for sure. <laughs> now I get a lot of calls. I have a half brother who is in the union. And I have a lot of support among the workers because they know that what I'm speaking is the truth. And they're well aware and they don't like the idea that their dues uh, go to Democrat mafia members. And they also understand that the only way that they have a lot of their contracts is the special corrupt relationship the hierarchy of unions has with the Democrat mafia. And we, it doesn't matter how many UAW guys go to prison. It doesn't matter how many Jimmy Hoffas there are. None of it matters. So how in the world in America, in the year 2023, is this kind of 
negligence, this kind of extortion, this kind of violence, even entertain. And what, what is the cost? What was the decision and how much did they get? Did they get just the materials or did they get compensation for decades of being shaken down by this mafia? Yeah. Well, the Supreme Court just remanded it back to Washington State, and Alito, I guess it was, it was Gorsuch and, and uh, Thomas who gave them a warning saying, if, you, if you're going to just ignore this, then we'll probably have to hear this case again. But they remanded it back and said, look, you need to look at this from a property damage tort standpoint as opposed to protected strike activity. I mean, Sean, you know, back in 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that union officials were exempt from prosecution for extortionate violence used to achieve legitimate union objectives. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's real. You can look so it you up. Get to, you get to, you yeah, get to so be a gangster. In this country, you can be a gangster two ways. You can be uh, 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 on K Street as a lobbyist, and there you're a pansy gangster. You just bribe people. Or you could be the hard guy gangster, but you can only do it if you're in the union. Do I have it about right? Yeah, that's about right. And then you go back to 1944 in a case called Steele versus Louisville-Nashville Railroad, and that, the Supreme Court says that union officials have been granted power equal to legislative bodies. I mean, who else in the country has the privilege of being, quote, a legislative body without ever being elected? And so using this power of forced union dues, using the power of forced association, using exemption from antitrust laws, using an exemption from extortionate violence used to achieve legitimate union objectives, and now laying on top of that the possibility that they'll be exempt from prosecution for property damage that they calculated and basically designed the program to damage the material, and they could get be exempt from that prosecution as well. So the good news is, there was no additional privileges given to union officials, although Sean O'Brien, the new Teamster president, was outraged saying somehow this interfered with workers' right to strike, meaning what it interfered with, it was their right to shake people down, destroy property, and use violence. Isn't he, the, isn't he the meathead from Boston who wanted to threaten the congressman? Just not, I just played yeah. the clip, right? That's that same meathead, right? Yeah. He wants to yeah. get violent. I was, that in that, I, was, I was testifying in that one, too. I was between Sean O'Brien and Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma. I was sitting in between them when that whole thing started. Uh, Bernie wasn't paying much attention to me, but uh, the news clip yeah. was, was Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma versus Sean O'Brien. Yeah, that's the guy. You got I want to put two dimes on the guy from Oklahoma. Could we arrange a legitimate fight? Yeah. See, those meatheads... In the unions, they don't like legitimate fights. They like when they could send a couple of Luca Brazzis to get the guy when he's sleeping with his wife. That's what they like. I'm getting sick and tired of pretending this isn't an organized mafia. Really. I'm getting sick and tired of it. And, you know, every time I play the clip of a UAW scumbag or some other half-assed union bag man getting pinched, you think, okay, maybe this will wake it up. And it really does, Mark, in the private sector, where prior to this dimwit in diapers pretending to be president, they were on their ass in the private sector. In fact, the only place this kind of syndicate and organized mafia can thrive is when it's government money. And that is why honest people should fear government Doing infrastructure projects, because that's the payoff to these half-assed gangsters, right? That's absolutely right. And everything that Joe Biden has done, whether it be the CARES Act or the so-called Inflation Reduction Act or the CHIP Act, all of that comes with conditions. In fact, you know, the unions were touting this huge organizing drive down in Georgia at a Bluebird bus manufacturing plant, and they claimed this big victory. It turns out that the conditions of them getting the work for this this bus school bus program, which had literally, I think, a billion dollars of federal money in it, was they had to be neutral in a union campaign. So you couldn't tell the employees about what was going to happen. The vote was relatively close, but it, there was a billion dollars behind the scenes of government taxpayer money that said, you unionize or you don't get the money.
That's our Mark, federal government, Sean. Well, the part that, yeah. you know, listen, I love history. I absolutely adore it. I spend my time. I don't watch these idiots play sports. I don't care what it is. And, and it's fascinating as you look at the nation and as you look through the 19th century and the 20th century and you look at the true economic enlightenment and the boom and the industrial era and you look at it all and you realize what sent manufacturing abroad to various countries wasn't anything other than mafia corruption in labor and politics. And it is only through that guarantee extortion that people who are the the American entrepreneurs, the doers, they say, I'm not even going to deal with it. It's cheaper for me to go open up a plant in Mexico. It's cheaper for me to import that stuff from the communists than it is to deal with this gangster government. And if we don't understand that and explain that to the public, can you break the back of this political mafia in conjunction with the labor extortion mafia. Because what we do is we try to solve the problem and we enrich the gangsters. Because those union fat-ass, butter-handed pansies pretending to be tough guys like Sean O'Brien, they're raking it in. How many of the people that are in his union, the average guy making 38000 know that he's made never less than half a million? And that's if I... If I don't count his kickback schemes of his uh, his spending money and his transportation budget and his office budget, I mean, they're stealing eight ways to Tuesday. Do the workers, are they ever going to wake up, in your opinion? Well, I think they are, Sean. I mean, you know, the private sector workforce is only about 6% unionized in America today. That means 94% of the workers have decided, for whatever reason, not to be in a union. They'll tell you it's because federal law blocks them from being in a union, but that's ridiculous, and that's a lie. The, ba- the, ma- the fact of the matter is, if you look at the right-to-work states where union officials cannot get compulsory dues as a condition of firing someone, as a condition of your employment, of getting or keeping a job, manufacturing growth is double that than the forced unions in states. I mean, it's, it's really demonstrable. So, yeah, you're right. Some of it goes offshore, but the rest of it's going to states that protect workers' rights. They don't stop anyone from unionizing if they want to do it, but they won't contemplate the fact that unions can use their compulsory power to say to you, Sean, you can't work unless you pay me 50 bucks a month. That's where it gets off the rails. That's where the corruption comes in. I think it was George McClellan that said this, Senator from Arkansas, Senator McClellan, John McClellan, excuse me. He said that corruption and compulsion go hand in hand. And if there's a definition of labor policy in America going back to the 1930s, it's compulsion, which has led to corruption. And here we are. You know what's funny is that most people don't realize in history, the Capones were involved in unions and the Capones were involved in politics. Back then they were Republicans. When I see this person who is immune to the gastro bypass surgery, this fat slob Chris Christie, run for president from New Jersey, has has there ever been a, an exploration as to what the Republican involvement in organized labor extortion mafias are? Because this seems to be a bipartisan problem, does it not? It is, and uh, I wish there was more investigations about it, but it is. I mean, the Democrats, are they are sincerely wrong about it, but they're sincere. They support the, the union movement, I mean, basically to the end. The Republicans, interestingly enough, have no backbone for the most part. I know where most Democrats are on the union question. It's a question of what Republicans will do stand up for freedom and liberty and individual freedom. They talk about all the time on the campaign trail. we got a one-page bill right now in the United States Congress. One-page bill does not add a single word to federal law. It simply goes into that old 1935 Wagner Act that was upheld by the Supreme Court after getting threatened by Roosevelt to pack the court back in 1937 that says we're going to change the bias in federal law to voluntary unionism as opposed to the compulsion that was written into it. And so it's a one-page bill, and you'd think it was almost like 
suicide for anyone to, to get on a bill that basically says voluntary unionism is the default of the federal government. We ought to get the federal government out of it completely so states can be experiments in labor policy. I think that's a better policy. But for now, a one-page bill that doesn't add a single word to federal law that simply says you can't force someone to pay a union official for their opportunity to work makes good – it's a good policy and it's good politics. And we hope more Republicans will get involved and get on board and support the bill. You know, um, has there ever been an expose? I mean, I know it because I, I live on Open Secrets and the rest of the of the examination sites that go into the money in politics. But when you look at the kind of money that, just say, the railroad industry gives to politicians, and you look at the kind of money that the unions that operate in that world give to politicians, can you ever really fix this problem when we have a, a, a section of our society that allows open and notorious bribery called politics? Can you ever really fix it until you fix the money and the pay-to-play schemes that are our policies? Well, I think by transparency is how you fix it. You know, you got to be transparent about it. People need to know what's happening. And most people don't pay attention, unfortunately, Sean. You're open Secrets, ProPublica, some of those websites are really helpful in deciding why would, why would an organization give a candidate for office $500,000? Why would they give them a million dollars? Why would they spend $12 million on a campaign? Why would the union spend up to 20, excuse me, $12 billion every two years on campaigns, lobbying, and politics? It's because their power is a derivative of government action. If we expose it and we continue to expose it, I think we can fix it. But the idea of what's the alternative to that, Sean? I mean, federal government funding of campaigns, uh, camp, campaign limits, I'm not sure, but I know Money, free speech I, is important. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, it's funny. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of control, except government. Government needs to be controlled. So the, I yes. think the answer is to incentivize the media companies to incentivize them by donating time and equal time to politicians and limiting their their acceptance of this bribery scheme because what has happened to our politics is that they've become conduits of corruption and it's a system that's set up where the honest guy has to almost bend to it i mean there aren't a lot of rand pauls out there that just say i don't need it I can speak for myself. And we've bastardized the republic uh, because we agreed to go along with them. And that's the problem with compromise. When you compromise with crooks, you're going to get a crooked society. But I know another organization that helps, aside from Open Secrets and ProPublica, the National Right to Work Committee. And I thank you for this because this is what the country needs and people like you are who we need doing it. Mark Mix, president of the National Right to Works Committee. You always know you're more than welcome here. Where can the people go to support you? They can find us at uh, nrtw.org, nrtw.org. And, Sean, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I, uh, I appreciate you. I always say to you when we finish, you know, stay angry, my friend, and I know oh, you will. And do me a favor. When you see that meathead teamster guy, that tough guy, could you let him know I would love to do, like, a charity thing? <laughs> he could pick it. It could be gloves, no gloves, whatever he likes. I'd like to arrange it. And uh, I bet you the guy from Oklahoma would do it. We'll put up some money. We'll raise it for the people. What do you say? For the people. For, for the, the people. For the yeah. people. Yeah, they All always right. been selling that communism, that corruption. For the people, the worker party. Thank you very much, Mark Mix. All right, Sean. Bye. We'll, we'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end.
It really is. How do you feel, Squirrel? Fine? All right, it's good. It's good. All right. Let's have the last half hour for a little schadenfreude. Let's go to a Democrat. They love schadenfreude. They all got it. Cream Puff Jim, what are you taking pleasure in now? Well, you, you saw the flood down in Mar-a-Lago. That was interesting. All the uh, video equipment and security went, went out. I guess they ran it right through the, the pool boy. just ran over the... Uh, Right. Do you know? Did I ever tell you when I went to Mar-a-Lago? Did I ever tell you? I think Jack Smith's got to go there with goggles on to find out where you know who were the visitors there. Go ahead. First of all, I went. I went to Mar-a-Lago, and I'm going to tell you something. If you know anything about it, it was built by the post heiress, the heiress to the serial fortune. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, you can see. I should have known. You're not big on the details. Anyway, uh, at the time she built it, it was arguably one of the most expensive properties in the country outside of uh, stuff that Ford built. And it's f- fascinating. Fascinating. And when Trump bought it, it was, a, it was a depressed era. It had been abandoned. And do you know that he brought it back to, to the original way that she had it? And it's, it's, it's absolutely magnificent. And I enjoyed going there. And I, I had a brief interaction with the president, and it was wonderful, and I enjoyed it. The problem with it is there's a lot of roaches around it. I don't mean palmetto bugs. I mean those hangers-on, those scum, like uh, like Roger Stone and Manafort and all those little ass-kissing barnacles that hang on to their asses. Some of them actually go into media. It's fascinating to see. And... Um, I, while I was there, some guy accidentally was so nervous to be there, he fell in that pool. And, you know, rather than make him feel bad, I told him, swim across. You're already was hot. Everybody was dying. Swim across. I wanted to turn it into a pool party, Cream Puff Jim. But yeah, yeah, you've got to yeah, make yeah, the best right. of a bad situation, right. something uh, Democrats create, you know, bad situations. Right. Now, have fun in Chicago. Do you have a Hyundai <laughs> or Kia? Do you have a Hyundai? No, you don't have a Hyundai. Probably doesn't have a car. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how are you tonight? I'm wonderful. How are you, kid? Good. Sean, this, uh, the most ridiculous thing I heard is uh, in New York that they want to send these illegals to live with uh, with uh, private uh, citizens in, in their homes. And yeah. then they want them to take over the uh, churches, to live in uh, churches and synagogues. Well, here's my suggestion. All Why right. don't they open up a military base that's been closed, take all of these illegals and send them there, I mean, I know the one in California that was closed, Fort Ord, because I was there. That'll no. hold 50,000 people. Rich, I'm going to tell that? you something, babe. I'm going to tell you something. It. And I mean this. I, I truly yeah. do mean this. If these are people who are fleeing communism, like those Cubans that fled Fidel Castro, if these are people that are fleeing Maduro, uh, an exodus that no one talks about, those are the people, and I mean this, those are the people okay. that will save this country. It's not going to be the moron American Democrat mafia supporters. So there might be a very big silver lining in this. There might be a very big silver lining. Let's not be, let's not be so close-minded, because the hope will be from people who understand what it's like to get along with a corrupt government. Those are going to be the people that reject the American Democrat mafia. Now, it's going to get a little bumpy in the, in the beginning. And here's the other thing. It's bad now. You don't, it's not all that every one of the people here fleeing these oppressed areas, a third of them are great, maybe half. The problem is the people here who are trying to harm our country before they got here. 
The problem is the American Democrat mafia and its collaborators, those Republicans that go along with it. Those are the problem. So you know yeah, something, Rich? Never forget yeah. this. Where where are you? You're Italian. I remember, right? Aren't you Italian? Right. Right. Okay. Before FBI, 1913, before 1913, there were no immigration laws. And do you know why you didn't need them? Because there was no welfare system to corrupt the immigrants. The biggest right. problem is the system of corruption, the welfare system. The problem we have is that we're one step behind the mafia. Because that's why I play the EBT, the welfare queen. She's only talking about what is made possible now because of the debt ceiling is that we can cultivate the new immigrants to become supporters of the mafia. That's the problem, not the immigrants themselves. The immigrants themselves will save us. Listen, the party, ironically enough, that by the way, thank you for the call. The party now that, ironically enough, that pretends to be a friend to the immigrant, that's the party of racism. The Klansman was Robert Byrd. He was a grand poobah wizard or whatever those scum Ku Klux Klan members call themselves. He was in it his whole fracking life. One of the only politicians everybody knew. And he was eulogized, ironically, by the first black president to this country. Because this isn't about actual racism. We, we defeated that in this country with our founding principles. This is about the manipulation of it and the power to wield it. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when you could refer to who they then called the first black president. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service... Now, why did he, uh, <clears throat> why did he talk about that? Because the union doesn't like labor that isn't corrupted. So that's why he did it. For the same reason, another scumbag called the Mexican immigrants all kinds of filthy names. He himself being Mexican. They use him. Chavez, by the way. Caesar. Not the other one who ruined Venezuela, but our own. Impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more. Now, why does it have a burden on our taxpayers? Because we, the American people, participate in a Ponzi scheme system of welfare. Welfare should be privatized. This way people should be incentivized to get off of it. But that doesn't build a crime syndicate, foot soldiers of corruption. Welfare does. So now they're in a precarious position. They're trying to manipulate the virtue in socialism, in enslaving one citizen to the next. I think it's fun to watch them fail. We're disciplined and we're executing on it. It is my vision uh, to take the next step to this, to go to the faith-based uh, locales, and then move to uh, private residents. Uh, there are residents who are suffering right now because of economic challenges. They have spare rooms. Uh, they have locales. And if we can find a way to get over the 30-day rule and other rules that government has in, in its place, we can take that $4.2 billion, $4.3 it may be now, that we potentially have to spend, and we can put it back in the pockets of everyday New Yorkers, everyday houses of worship, instead of putting it in the pockets of corporations. And some of those corporations come from Ooh, the evil corporations. But what's funny to me is that he's sworn to uphold the rules of the government and he openly, openly undermines those principles. If only he was an oath keeper. But he's not. He's a saboteur. 
He's a saboteur to the principles. First they break the principles. Then they bastardize them. Then they fund them. Then they have to feed them. And all this time they get to look virtuous. They're not virtuous. They're mafia members. They're not interested in people. They're interested in power and control of policy. That's why Eric Adams doesn't give a rip about the Americans who suffer under his incompetence, his failure, his unleashing of predators on a society. He now gets to look magnanimous. And this is really the trick, is to point out, these people aren't against racism, they want to control racism. These people aren't against corruption, they want to control corruption. They're Democrats. By hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes. And if you think this is bad, you should take a look at some of the Harry Reid speeches and some of the Joe Biden speeches. Ah, but once you get to sprinkle the infield, once you get to wet your beak, once you get to be the oligarch, well then you advocate for an oligarch corrupt system. And before you know it, you got all kinds of morons. I married a Philly girl. That explains a lot, doesn't it? Fortunately, she is overseas right now in the Middle East. Why is the first lady in the Middle East? Is she shopping in Dubai? Or is she giving treaties and powers nobody elected her to? Why is she in the Middle East? Nobody asked that? She's a rabid Eagles fan. And she's your nurse, and she's in the Middle East because you can't be. Because you don't have the faculties to be. Not only that... You're the most corrupt asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, this country's ever seen in any office, let alone the presidency. But I take solace in the fact you didn't really win it anyway. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. And that's why it's dangerous as they cultivate illegal aliens and seem virtuous, because now the... Poor illegal aliens who are fleeing corruption will be part of it. That's the real problem. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Hey, Squirrel, I want you to get my 380 pounds of free legal advice. Get him on a horn. Start suing people. What do you think of that? Because we know that Democrats, President Biden, folks in the House and the Senate, we're team reasonable. We're team normal. We're team get stuff done. Are you, though? Your team gets stuff done. Then explain this to me. Hakeem, why is it everywhere you're in control or you govern is chaos? Why is that? How could it possibly be? Education was turned from being the transmission of a culture down through the generations into the overturning of a culture on the basis that the culture was illegitimate, racist, colonialist, and all the rest of it. Uh-huh. And we are where we are. So knowledge... By the way, and- I've been called all of those things in the last 48 hours. Get my lawyer on the phone, Squirrel. Wisdom are increasingly unacquainted. Truth has become a right-wing concept. You cannot say it, because if you say it, you are considered right-wing. And to be right-wing is to be in league with the forces of evil. Rather than just speaking 
the truth. You see, I quantify this all the time. There are more white people on welfare than any other race. Now, some people have to be on it, and I'm for it in the short term. But what it's done to this country is create this cancer of conscience, this cancer of character. And it has made people susceptible to now, it's normal to be a communist and not even know it, to advocate for slavery and not even realize it. They call it being a Democrat. But now what we see is that it's a bipartisan issue. And anybody will wield it. Even the lowest form of roaches pretending to be saviors. That's the biggest problem with the people that were around Trump. That truly is. It's the biggest problem. Jeff Rockford. Well, the welfare system's become quite a career for most people, most people that are on it, I would say. Now, Jeff, you're in Rockford. Anyway. You're in Rockford. And I'm dead sure This is a problem that has all races, all sexual orientations. How is it that if you comment on it, all of a sudden you're the racist? How does that work? Because I'm greedy, I guess. You know, yeah, that, that you... makes me... I want to keep, you know, I want to keep as much as I can, so that makes me greedy. <laughs> In America, 2023, a greedy man is somebody who wants to keep his own money. But the roach who wants to take it, he's virtuous. Go ahead. So I'm just kind of wondering what you think. I believe Barack Obama's into everything that's been going on here, that's been discussed. I think he's up to his his dumbo ears in it. Where does he get all his money? That That guy's flush with cash. How many places does he have to live? Well, he's got two that are on the ocean, which is funny because, you know, the seas are rising. But, um, you know, we yeah. talk about the five million Biden's got. And <laughs> wow, where, where's Brock got all his money? Where did he get all his money? Well, you do remember who supported all of the bailouts. Thank you very much for the call, you know, for the Soros bailouts. Who, who, who was supporting all of those those uh, those corrupt deals in the most corrupt country in Europe? Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over. I guess the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor. And they That's when Paul Manafort was Poroshenko's right hand. Didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to the press conference and said, no, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. Because these are job titles. It's La Cosa Nostra, the organized syndicate that operates. The job titles are irrelevant. They're all just loyal soldiers to it, in the same way they were with Stalin or in Cuba with Castro. This is Marxism, communism, and a mafia against us, the decent people. But they're normal. Sure they are. They're really failures and corrupt. We'll be back in 21 hours to expose them and the Republican sympathizers like Manafort and Stone and their friends, too. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.